It's August. It's hot out. Maybe you don't have air conditioning. Maybe right now you're sitting in a sweaty pool of your own perspiration. There, there is a way to uh, stay cool. Neil is online with us now. Uh, he was recently on a long bike ride with his friend Steve, and Steve came up with a brilliant way to cool off. We had, we had already spent like uh, about 60 miles in the saddle that day in the blazing heat, 90 degrees or so, and uh, high humidity, and we stopped off at a gas station, and he was just overheating, and he really needed some relief, so we went and got some water and came out, and there he is. I see him sitting in the, the ice cooler with his feet hanging out. So this is like uh, you see at any gas station, there's that big case outside that's filled with those big bags of ice. Yeah. So that's what he did. He kind of jumped in there, and uh, he was probably in there for 10 minutes cooling off, too. Wow. You know, the whole time we were out hanging out around the gas station, getting everything packed up and loaded, uh, he was just chilling in there. I mean, it's true, right? You could just arrange the bags of ice, and you would have, like, the perfect cold chair. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could. You could set up. I mean, depending on the size of the cooler, you could set up a nice little throat in there, and just uh, if you had a beer with you, it would just be perfect. Okay, so then once he was done in there, did you guys were you like, all right, let's get out of here before anyone notices? <laughs> Pretty much. We learned about Neil and Steve's bike ride on BikeRumor.com. This is How to Do Everything. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. Now, if you're listening to this show, chances are you downloaded it as a podcast. Perhaps you were trying to download Microphone Check, a better show. It's hosted by Ali Shaheed Mohammed from A Tribe Called Quest and Franny Kelly from NPR. Neither host of this podcast has any association with A Tribe Called Quest. Not, nope. I'm not in Tribe Called Quest. Uh, you can find Microphone Check at npr.org slash podcasts or on the NPR One app. I was briefly in Wu-Tang Clan. I did an internship with the RZA. Hey, Zach, what can we help you with? Um, I was I worked at the zoo, and um, I had lunch one day in my bag. I was kind of late to work that day, so I stuffed my whole bag in the fridge at work, which includes one of my snacks, which was uh, some cottage cheese and crackers. And so come break time, I pulled out my snack, and uh, I had the crackers and cottage cheese, and they tasted extra salty, I noticed, I think because of the coldness from the fridge. Huh. Um, and I had a friend who said um, that she had the same thing and that she also kept her crackers in the fridge to keep them nice and salty and make them taste saltier. And I thought that was kind of interesting, and I couldn't think of why that would be, why that would exist or happen. So I thought you guys maybe could help me out and figure out how my crackers were, cold, were salty or when they were cold. So the idea is you put your crackers in the fridge, and that enhances the salty taste. It, it definitely seemed that way, yeah. Well, we we are going to try to get to the bottom of this. Great. Can I ask, what do you do at the zoo? I am a tour guide slash bus driver. We have these big double-decker buses, and I drive them around and narrate a tour while doing that. Oh. What's the weirdest thing you've ever seen an animal do? We have a multi-species enclosure with some pronghorn and uh, dromedary camels together. Okay. Just uh, as a heads up, the next 20 seconds of this program does contain mention of animals mating and uh, some wordplay. And uh, dromedary camels together. Okay. We had a camel lying down one day, and I saw a pronghorn, like, kind of on top of it, that was very obviously humping it <laughs> during a during a tour filled with kids. Oh. 
and that, that was a little bit hard to hard to explain and not and not laugh at because I sped past as fast as I could. Really, wait, what did you say? How did you explain what was going on? Well, I, I couldn't say anything because the guy in the back of the bus uh, shouted out. Is that one hump or two? <laughs> and, uh, and I was laughing, so I had to turn my mic off and just drive past because it was too much. It does get confusing with the camel. Yeah. <laughs> I think we found somebody to help Zach. It's Dr. Sue Lee. She's a food scientist at the University of Illinois. Now, initially, she thought that what was happening was that the crackers were going stale in the fridge. But upon further investigation, she concluded the crackers were not in the fridge long enough for them to become stale. So then my next explanation was saltiness perception is actually uh, more sensitive when, uh, typically, more sensitive when it is colder. So uh, it has been reported that around 10 degrees is usually the maximum sensitivity. For example, if you were to cook soup and when you taste the soup for its appropriateness of saltiness, when it's cooking, when it's boiling, once it cools down while you're eating and it's appropriate temperature for consumption, then it actually would taste saltier because wow. it has cooled down. Thinking about our other uh, tastes, what else changes with temperature? Uh, sweet has been shown. Bitterness has been shown. Um, with sweet, it's the opposite, I think. I think. So a hotter mouth. Really, right, hotter mouth. With higher temperature, sweetness is more enhanced. Okay. So if someone were, say, um, on a diet and mm-hmm. they needed to limit their sugar intake, but they still wanted things to be very sweet, they could heat up the things they normally eat it at room temperature and get a little bit of, you know, that satisfaction. Yeah, it could be if the food that they're consuming is conducive to heating. I mean, you wouldn't want hot ice cream. You actually can't have ice cream. I think it's impossible. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Dr. Lee, thank you so much for uh, helping Zach out with his crackers. Oh, you're very welcome. We should try and investigate this. We should do a taste test. We can bring in our taste tester, Peter Sagel. So, Peter, how's it going? Oh, it's going great. Uh... I walked into the studio and I said, oh, guys, it's been a while. I actually kind of missed doing this. And you guys said, yeah. And then you tied a blindfold on me. Well, so can you see through the blindfold? I, I genuinely cannot see okay. through the blindfold. Okay. Terrific. Okay. So we're going to give you a series of comparisons. Right. And we want you to evaluate if there's any difference between these two things. Okay. Okay. You ready? I, okay. Yes. No. Yes. It's, it, this is going to be easy. This is a Ritz cracker at room temperature. <laughs> I would say that is a snack cracker of some kind. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Compare it to this. This is a Ritz cracker that is cold. I would say that is exactly the same snack cracker. Any differences at all? I, I, I myself could not um, taste any. Nothing. There's no difference yeah, in taste. Yeah, they taste exactly the same. Okay. All right, we're going to try something else now. This taste test is not going well. I will say, based on previous experience with taste tests, this one sucks. As a last effort to try and save this segment, we're just going to pour a huge amount of salt on a cracker and put it in Peter's mouth. Remember, he's blindfolded. No, this is good. This, this so far feels, uh, feels okay. Right. Let's try. we got one more for you. All right. 
I'm going to feed you this one because it needs to stay right side up. Okay. Ah. Ah. Much saltier. Maybe that was just an accident of cracker salt, but no, that's a lot saltier. I really need some water right now. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's the part of our show where we talk about our sponsors. And this week, that sponsor we're talking about is Casper, the online retailer for mattresses. Casper mattresses are American-made and obsessively engineered for comfort. So when Casper's applying for a job, one of its weaknesses that it might list would be, I'm too obsessed with comfort. Casper uses two technologies, latex foam and memory foam, to give just the right amount of sink and bounce. And they have a risk-free trial. You can try out your Casper mattress for 100 days with free delivery and returns. You could say it's outrageous comfort at a polite price. So go to casper.com everything to check out their options. And they have a special offer for listeners of this podcast. Use the promo code everything to redeem $50 towards a Casper mattress. It works for you. Terms and conditions apply. We got a question from Austin. He just moved to Alaska and wants to know how to avoid being killed by a bear. Now, we, uh, Mike and I actually went to Alaska a couple years ago and looked into this. So we'll, uh, we'll play that segment now. But keep in mind, this technique is just for grizzly bears. Yeah. So uh, don't try this if it's another kind of bear. If you're being attacked by a bear, ask the bear what kind of bear it is. If it's a grizzly bear, go ahead and proceed with, with this advice. But again, double check with the bear. We're here in Denali National Park, which is home to bears, um, and I'm afraid of bears. Yeah, we, haven't, we actually haven't seen any. People that we're with have seen bears. You and I have not seen any bears. We're here with Matt. What do we call you? And, well, a naturalist guide. That's my position. Okay, let's say I'm walking through the woods, and I see 20 feet away a, yep. bi- a big grizzly. How do I survive? How do you survive? Well, see, that, that kind of jumps the whole spiel I would give somebody asking that question because the first thing I would say is don't be in certain places. And if you weren't in those certain places, you probably wouldn't be 20 feet from the bear that you're now in front of. Okay. Like, don't walk down a stream next to soap berries when bears are eating soap berries every day of their life. Or don't walk around the site of a kill they just made. But you're right. Um, you can't always avoid a bear, sometimes you just kind of run into them, especially here in Denali with our open tundra. So you just want to make yourself look big. You want to make yourself seem loud and strong, but not intimidating. You don't want to really stare the bear down in the eye um, or sound very aggressive. You just want to sound big. Well, yeah. can you give me an example? So let's say you've come upon that situation. So yeah. you want to be making a lot of noise, but you don't want to sound too intimidating. What okay. might what might you do, sound like? Oh, man. Well... Really? Just like right into it? it. Hey, bear. Whoa. Hey, bear. Hi, bear. Hello. Okay, bear. Walking away. And you'd probably keep talking until uh, you were away from that bear or it started uh, running the other direction. Now, now one thing I've heard that you definitely don't want to do Mm -hmm. is, and this I think would be my first impulse, is to turn and run. Yeah. That's probably the worst thing you could do besides throwing rocks at a cub. The bears in Denali, you know, they're omniv- they're omnivores. They eat fruit, they eat meat, uh, but they mostly eat fruits and plants. And they aren't actively hunting except when certain triggers are kind of catching their attention. And one of those triggers is something running away from it. So if that's you, 
running away from the bear, you're instantly pulling on, you know, well-ingrained instinctual triggers in its behavior to give chase, to investigate. Uh, For other kinds of bears, I mean, you go to the one extreme, polar bears will actively hunt people, period. You need to carry guns around polar bears. So where uh, an old mantra is, when attacked by a grizzly, curl up into a ball, act dead, so that the female thinks she's done her work and she leaves, if a black bear starts chewing on you, you got to start punching it in the face. Or it's going to keep chewing on you. If anything is ever chewing on you, it's probably a good idea to start punching, punching it in the it, face. Yeah. Bears, anything. People, yeah. lions, really anything chewing. Let me ask you this. I went out on a couple hikes, and I carried one of those uh, walking sticks. Yeah. And I thought, I had the thought, like, well, if anything comes at me, I've got a weapon. I could just poke it. What do you think my chances are? Well, you'd piss it off. <laughs> no, it, I mean, you can't outrun them. You can't outfight them. You can't do anything uh, but outknowledge them. Is that a good yeah, phrase? Sure. Yeah, that works. I mean, bears have been known to pull doors off cars to get to picnics, you know, so they're not going to have a problem I'm fending off your stick. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now I feel dumb. Well, that does it for this week's show. What'd you learn, Ian? Well, I learned that those uh, those big ice containers that you see at a gas station or a supermarket, you don't just have to take things out. You can put yourself in. I mean, that seems like such a great idea. As long as nobody notices. I think I'd feel a little self-conscious if I were in there. Well, think about it. You go in there. You're too comfortable. You fall asleep. The next person that opens it finds a body in there. You'd be well-preserved. I learned that if I make my mouth cold... Salty snacks will taste saltier. You know what you could do if you wanted things to be saltier? You could build a little, you know, a little window unit air conditioner, but not the size of your window, just the size of of your mouth hole. Stick it in there, cool it off. A mouth unit. Yeah. How to Do Everything was produced. That's all you need to know. Yep. By Marvelous Marvin Hagler this week professional boxer technical direction from lorna white our artist in residence is justin witty our intern this week is marcos from guadalajara great job marcos you can send us your questions at how to at npr.org our website is howtodoeverything.org i'm ian and i'm mike thanks, thanks.